0: Greetings valued poll listeners and welcome to episode 93 of the Pull List podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier and with me as always is the one, the only
1: he's playing with fire. It's 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 spooky season in autumn, got a lot of candle or something. Oh,
0: it's spooky season, so we like candles.
1: It's hexor. Hello everyone. Don't 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 Light yourself on fire. Oh, yeah. All the curls dangling in the the flames. (laughs) Ah. The first time I gave my daughter Rosa a uh, sparkler, like on New Year's or whatever, (laughs) she absolutely lit her bangs on fire. And I was a horrible father.
0: You're like, here, play with this.
1: It was like, whoosh. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. I, I I, I thought... Two and a half was an okay age for sparklers. I'm not good with math <laughs> or responsibility. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so it, here, here we are again. Talk, like, on our talking, own. On our own. Talk talking about the comic books or the lack thereof, as we were talking about before the the thing started. That it, I. Uh, I did the whole intro thing as a joke to MST3K, but I feel like this is the case that, you know, now Dr. Forrester's going to send us really terrible comics to read, and we're going to read them for all of you, which means uh, you need to prepare yourselves for We've Got Comics Signs!
1: Uh, to put the word out, Can't wait for the nerd. Checks for my sets. they call me Act like you know me son. that could be an honest thing though hold on right <laughs> i like the cut of your jib um and the sound <laughs> of your town um what if for the pull List podcast for one episode we had our valued pull listeners um mail us the worst comic they read oh wow or tell or just tell us yeah no, they can mail it to us because I ain't paying for bad comics. Anymore <laughs> <now>. Already do. <laughs> we will do this really cool idea for interwebs if you spend money. Well, you they've can already spent sign the money up, if they are read it. Up, you, you can sign up for our Patreon at. We'll, we'll pay for the shipping. You send us your bad comics. Um, and they will just review the worst of the worst. Um, <sighs> yes, you can mail us your terrible comics at whatever Chris's address is. And wait, <laughs> <laughs> this is Chris bathing in, in
0: the most terrible comics ever. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, on today's episode, at least, uh, I think we have a great show for you. I'm <laughs> now I'm questioning everything. Uh, we're going to hit should.
1: the, Test yeah, everything we're and hold fast. What is good. Yeah. That's what the word of the Lord tells us. Aw.
0: Bible moments with Hector. Welcome. Good morning. <sighs> ah, it's Chris and Hector in the morning. I still need to start Community. <laughs> what? We have to stop the podcast.
1: What? What? I've never watched Community. I, who are you? <laughs> I know the one. Uh, uh Christmas rap. Mm, it's a good one though, and. Yeah, and that's about it. Rose and I keep talking about it, but we also started One Piece, so we're just kind of like in limbo.
0: Oh, so, right, in 13 years we'll get to it, got it. Yeah, effectively. All right, that's fair. Well, you guys get to put up with us no matter what. You're welcome. In fact, I'm sorry, this this reminded me of an important fact that I would have otherwise forgotten. Do you know what this week is? No. We turned five years old this this week. Really? Yeah.
1: That's fantastic,
0: okay, technically, it was like a couple days ago, but it's this week. ha <laughs> <laughs> um ninety three episodes in five years of you listening to Hector and I that I don't know what that says about you, but it says something about us. I don't know what that is either, but thank you, from the bottom of my heart,
1: from my padded little room, <laughs> Chris went from a like snazzy office to a mini asylum. <laughs> It's okay, the door opens. Yeah, but what's on the other side of the door, Chris? What's on the other side of the door? Is it more padding? No. (laughs) Sure, sure, kid.
0: (laughs) Questioning reality again. Not good. (laughs) So, on that note, we should talk about some news. Yay, news. And if that felt like a really weird transition, you're wrong because if everything feels weird around you and you don't know what's going on, it probably means that DC is introducing
1: more Elseworlds. Wow. That was, <laughs> that was butter smooth. Ooh, we planned Yo. that. Yes. Mm,
0: so <laughs> good. Five years later, we sound like we know what we're doing. Um, mm. But, yeah, 2024 apparently is the year of let's talk about Elseworlds again. Uh, New York uh, Comic-Con occurred. Some comic book stuff actually got talked about. Congratulations. Um, But, yeah, so I wanted to find it again. So Gotham by Gaslight, the Kryptonian Age, is one of those Elseworlds. So we're revisiting. Um, Okay, interesting.
1: So – That's a thing. That's the least boring Gotham by Gaslight idea I've heard. Right? Not really sure what it means, but here we are.
0: Uh, Batman the Barbarian. Meh. Yeah. Uh, I feel
1: like we got a good amount of that with the Bruce Wayne time jumping through space after Batman Rest in Peace. I'm sure that's probably where they got the idea from, but Dark Knights of Steel all winter. See... The Dark Knights of Steel book played out really well. I would check that out. It's got really cool... Batman Nightfire. Sounds like a direct-to-video release in 1985. Okay. Kind of looks set that way in key art as well. Uh, Green Lantern Dark. Just doesn't have the same ring to it after you've already been through Blackest Night. It's just like... (laughs) Right?
0: It's like, hey, who turned the lights out darker? Um... Another sequel, DC vs. Vampires World War V, will be 12 issues of Elseworld. Let's see how long. The Green Lantern's going to be seven issues. These aren't going to be short. Nightfire is six. But Gotham by Gaslight, the Kryptonian Age, is clearly the big one, and it's going to be 12 issues. Okay. So I hope y'all like some Elseworlds, because... That's what DC's
1: getting you for for 2024, apparently. I'll you know enjoy walking past them on the shelf because <laughs> they're all 7.99. What gives? Why? Yeah, I, I'll enjoy walking past them on the shelf and saying that's a quaint idea. Probably taking a picture of a cover to send to someone relative, and then <laughs> not buying that. <laughs> womp womp. I would rather you make the world we're in good than live in a fictional fictional one.
0: Okay, I think I see what you did there. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) (laughs) But did I? Um, So, yeah, if you're into that Elseworlds thing, there's lots of those potentially coming. It looks like I haven't heard event rumors for 2024 yet, so I'm sure there will be something. It can't just be Elseworlds. It will be something. Um, Actually, related but unrelated, I feel like I need to mention this because I feel like either nobody's put it together or Marvel's pulling something on us. But going back to, we talked about, I think it was last episode, Luke Cage and the gang war thing. I just saw a poster for the gang war thing. Yeah. So I thought it was just the Luke Cage thing. It actually appears to be an event of some type because amazing Spider-Man is entering gang war as well. And if it's not related, that that is some of the most confusing nonsense that they could have pulled because those books are coming out around the same time. They have to be related. Right. And also,
1: because um, if they're not, then what are, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just glad we have such original content because we go directly from Gotham War, <laughs> which is you know what it yeah. is, to oh look, they had a war. We have to have a war in our city. Ta da! Wars. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's the thing.
0: Hector and I do not read a lot of Spawn. However. Occasionally, but not a lot. I think I've done this more than once in the last five years, but we are here once again. Todd McFarlane is offering us 10 10 new Spawn books next year. Like not, Spawn one, not 10 issues,
1: or 10 different Spawn no. books? No,
0: 10 different Spawn books, like they've been doing lately, of which I don't think anyone is reading <laughs> because Spawn is one of the longest uninterrupted books outside of savage dragon you're welcome they're all at image by the way um because they don't renumber but he's really gone on the but here's 47 different versions of spawn with 17 variant covers per issue it's just that's a lot of spawn and some of you are all still out there waiting for a new spawn movie i'd watch a spawn movie I mean, most people wouldn't. That's why it's been like in the news for the last two decades. I think people would watch it. I don't think studios are confident in making it. That's probably fair. And it's because it's one of those, it had one that everyone was like. And I feel
1: like, what well, didn't HBO do with the animated series that was pretty well mm-hmm. done? Yep. I think it's still available. Yeah. On the max. It's not whatever. the worst. I mean, Spawn's not a bad character concept or storyline. It's nope. just. It's been it's been here for a minute.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if it's really changed
1: in a minute. They developed their mythos pretty strongly, but they also developed it in ways where you jump the shark like <laughs> way early, and it's hard to come back down to something practical. Yes. No, that's fair. It's a little over the top. But Batman fell from space and he's cool. He also flew a paint like a dog sled, but here we are. And drug his dead mother through the desert in a coffin. Oh, man. Obligatory mention there. Could do this all day.
0: We apparently do. <laughs> That's what the people come here for is to hear about Bruce Wayne's mommy problems. I was going to put in the news that apparently somebody in Gotham's going to release batman's secret identity but i feel like we've done this before and that that's not really news i don't remember the last time
1: it was public knowledge
0: yeah well the short version of this story for the extra bits for everybody is apparently in the whole red hood abduction storyline apparently either hood ran his mouth or some other um gang person that's been following it around did and he's the one that figured it out and is going to say something potentially in the next two issues or so. Mm. Yep. Congratulations. It's Jason's fault. Mm. <laughs> it's Mandel Savage's fault, but whatever. Well, continuing with my mind-blowingly amazing transitions, Batman 428. Do you know... What that was. Yes, that was a kill Jason issue. Mm-hmm. So for everyone that may or may not know, DC also technically ran a contest during a death in the family. Does Jason die? Does Jason live? And there was a poll and all that good stuff. Do you know how close that vote actually was? Nine votes? No, it was 72. But still, okay. in terms of everything, that was very close. Um, And this December... We are going to get a reissue of 428 with the unwritten ending where Jason lives cuz they produced both but they never printed
1: the second one. I've seen it not like in physical form, but I think there was a documentary and they talked about um this is what would have happened and
0: yep, so they're they're going to they're calling it I forget what did they call it? There was a funny word. They're like it's a faux simile or something like that. <laughs> That's of a facsimile. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah, love it's a, faux, it's, a, it's a faux simile. So, yeah. So we're, so in December you get to see what happens if a bunch of you terrible, terrible human beings and vote for his bloody death at the hands of the
1: Joker. You're all terrible. Just, just saying, um, I am a big red hood, Jason Todd fan. And I can firmly say the best thing DC ever did for Jason Todd was to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> eh, yeah. 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 I'd say that's a hot take, but is it? No, that's pretty accurate. And let's all just be super real. We wouldn't have Winter Soldier without Jason Todd. God bless you and your family.
0: Uh, But my brother in Christ. <laughs> I don't know. No. But also, I'm not sure. Winter Soldier that. was
1: a direct rip off of Red Hood. No, that, that checks out. I mean, that literally was, I see your move. Oh, you're bringing back a dead sidekick and making him a B.A., I'll bring back a dead sidekick and make him a BA checkmate copycat. <laughs> oh, cool. How Thanos got- doing over there. Dark side, junior wink. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Deathstroke and Deadpool hanging out? That's so weird. Now, uh, what's his life has been like going hard in the paint saying that was never true. Okay, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I watched him demolish somebody on Twitter for saying that that was the case, yeah. But... Okay, bud. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> Can confirm. So, because
0: I have to end news in a serious way, I was going to mm. end with uh, Jason Todd doesn't die, but it seemed you know more apropos. Let's let's talk about Marvel's book that you always knew that you wanted. Here's a sentence. <laughs> Let me put it this way. What if I told you that Jeff the Landshark and Alligator Locally come together with other super-powered pets to inform the Infinity Paws? <laughs> and if you're listening to us, you should find us on YouTube this week, because
1: <laughs> hmm. that was great. Um, let's see. It's not the worst idea. I mean, I watch super pets in theaters, so Whatever. <laughs>
0: That's fair, but let's see. I just want to make sure. Um, so alligator Loki, Jeff the Land Shark, which is amazing. Um, Lucky the Pizza Dog. Fair, okay. Yeah, I originally thought they'd go Cosmo there, but nope, it's Lucky. Um, well,
1: dude, Cosmo is not enjoyable or relatable as a character. He's more of a relic of a side piece. Good dog. Yeah, see, that's <laughs> crap, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, and then goose. Okay. <laughs> see that? I mean, that sounds more plausible than super pets, anyway. But
0: and let's be let's be fair. Goose is technically the most powerful of all of them, except for alligator Loki, who is technically a Loki.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, sad.
1: Th- throg is not in there.
0: Yeah but who knows I mean these are the ones that they've talked about and are on the cover and everything Um, I suppose anything is possible there's so little information about it all of your favorite Marvel pets in this giant crossover well there's got to be more then because that's not my list of favorite pets from Marvel who are your favorite Marvel pets I I mean okay top three Go. okay I lied Goose is probably in the top three (laughs) Okay. Um, I like Cosmo, but old school Cosmo. Okay. Cause he's dope. Um, Throg is probably in there, and it's not—it's not really fair to call him a pet. <laughs> I mean, most of these aren't pet pets. That's fair. He's a Thor. Guess alligator Loki is a Loki.
1: Yeah. And pick your poison, bro. Yeah. Jeff the Land Shark's pretty great too. Not going to lie. So, next week on our podcast, Chris likes aminals. <laughs> the
0: shark goes. Doo, 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 doo. No? All right. It's the last time I, I try to be funny for you. <clears throat> Five
1: years doing this. Blood, sweat, and
0: tears.
1: Blood, sweat, and expensively paid for pages. <sighs> Well 399 $399, 399
0: Conversation at my shop this week literally was, huh? Majority of comics cost four ninety nine. Now I'm like, thanks for that, bud.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, the bulk of my pile is actually three ninety nine. Oh, you're lucky. Three ninety nine. Oh, maybe minus
0: two. Nope. And which <laughs> the one that's four nine
1: the one that's four ninety nine, I get the point out, because that's dumb. I've got Ooh, we could do comic book prices right. <laughs> Where we like just show our polls and then you have to assign the appropriate price value. Mm. Uh, without going over. Without going over. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Come on down. Well, you know, that <sighs> I don't have any more news, at least. Let's talk so about comics. Let's let's do that. So, you know, that's that's what you need to know. That's our bi-weekly look at the comic book industry, which I constantly, after a Comic-Con wish, more news was available, but here we are. 90% of the news was about the stuff that you look with your eyeballs at, like on motion screens and things, instead of like colorful funny books, which actually create the stories that we make for the moving screen. But here we are. Um, as always, you can join in on the conversation with Hector and I, all of your friends, over at the Love Thy Nerd Discord, and also the Love Thy Nerd Facebook community. Tell us what you loved, what you hated, what we missed. Uh Send us all of the books that you absolutely detest so that before the end of this season, Hector and I can be like, why
1: do you hate us? If you send us your terrible books, not only will we review them, (laughs) I'll make you a collective decoupage out of the (laughs) shredded pages when we're done. Facts. (laughs) Promise. (laughs) Pinky swear.
0: (laughs) Gonna need so much Mod Podge for this. Oh, Yeah.
1: Uh, I have a 16 or a 15 year old daughter that's into like spending her life savings at Hobby Lobby. I don't need more. <laughs> decoupage. I got it. He, for days.
0: He's going to do it. I'd say it's a promise. It's a threat, but it mm-hmm. <laughs> Hector will do crafts crafts for you. If you send I him will, terrible, comics. if you mail
1: us all your terrible comics, <laughs> I will make you crafts.
0: You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mirai.
1: Hey fan, this is Hector Mirai, and you're listening to Faith and Vandom 180 on LTN Radio. So this weekend, while I was at a Comic-Con, I saw a cosplayer dressed as Chopper from One Piece, and I thought it was absolutely delightful love the cosplay incredibly creative and it was my favorite cosplay of the weekend um i also like chopper as a character so that helps um but one of the things i loved most about the whole experience is that as i was talking to this cosplayer um we're going back and forth talking about one piece about how chopper should be done in live action and all these things and she asked me well who's your favorite one piece character and I told her uh, it's between Chopper and Usopp currently. I'm not that far. Only like 99 episodes deep. And so she says to me, we'll choose between the two. And uh, I, I landed on Chopper. And she'd asked me questions to make sure I was sure about that. So then she gave me a friendship bracelet that had a Chopper-centric phrase on it. And what I didn't realize is that this young lady had made and was carrying, like, literally 1,000 One Piece friendship bracelets that she was just giving out to people that liked One Piece. But she wasn't just walking up and handing people bracelets of whatever. She would find out what was important to you, what you liked about the character, and why And then she would find the bracelet that best fit why you like the character. And I thought that was freaking brilliant because she put the work in to make sure I was getting the best experience. And I told her that I even drew a sketch through a little chopper to give her. Um, But it reminds me of this verse that Paul says in Colossians 4 verses uh, 5 and 6. He says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each one. The Apostle Paul says that in every situation, there's going to be a right way to answer. But we have to let our conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, that we actually have to know that how should we approach this specific conversation. Because things are going to be different. And when we take the time to learn what's the best way, the gospel goes out in the best way. If you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head on over to faithandfandom.org, where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcast, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me.
0: You are listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Miro. Oh, let's do it. All right. Let's, let's wow the people with what you did find that is worth talking about then. How about that? How about we take the high road and we tell people that there's some hope in comics, but we still have a hot take before the end of the episode because, I mean, technically
1: one of my comics is half a joke and half not. So Mm-mm. I hate it when we actually have to use a pull. For not celebration, but I totally. I'm get it I do I'm it. kind of in the middle on this one, and you'll see why. Okay.
0: Okay. We'll see, we'll but see. you can wow me because you found a book that I didn't find at my shop this week, and this is oh, just the light. Is the, well, the light one. one? No, um, that one as well, and also um, Cole. Yes, I did okay. not see that one this, uh, this the week. One, for some the one, the number
1: one. You're gonna poo yourself a little bit about. Um It's fair. All right, so as Chris previously mentioned in uh podcast coming up, uh Shush. Oh yeah. <laughs> as you teased me about, if you give me a knockoff hush villain, is Hector gonna spend four ninety nine to find out what the shenanigans and are up with it? Yes. How'd that go? It. How'd you feel about it? Did you read this? Um
0: Batman, Batman Ro- now I haven't been reading it. Okay. So there's there's two things I, I screwed up this week, like crispy and real. Um, that book,
1: and also our Kingdom Come book came out this week. What? Yeah. Well, see, yep. I didn't make it into my shop in person because I had a lot going on. I and did, I and I still didn't
0: see that, but it is definitely listed this week. The um, I already forgot. I'll look it up while you're talking. Okay. But yeah, our our Kingdom Come book was, was this week and I was like
1: I mm, fail. So we don't have a full description of who this person is. Um okay. that of who Shush is, but she isn't just on the cover. Like she's prominent throughout the book. Um but what it does look like is that she was Damien's uh teacher when he lived with uh Talia. Okay, like she he she's like the assassin Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. As soon uh, as you started walking down that road, I'm like, okay. Okay. Like uh the first thing she does is give him a bat like <laughs> like as a connection piece and then she squishes it in front of him. Awkward. Yeah, like so murder animals. Um but it's that and so you get flashbacks of him being educated and about how he's got to distance himself from the lives of his father. If he's going to be ready to face him and all these things. Um, but it's her. Uh, we don't know the full motivation or why or whatever, but it's her assembling a uh, team of shenanigan bad guys. So it's her white rabbit killer croc. And the three dudes that look like animals. Like the animal mask guys, like the yeah, shark, the uh, the shark, the fox, and whatever the dodo it was. But those guys have been like oh. morphed into like yeah, yeah. I can't remember what their names were. Uh, I don't remember. So, but the short version is she's introduced. Uh, Bruce is forcing Damien to go to high school. And it's Damien's the worst. He makes it through half of a, a class. So that, that's it. That, um, that checks out. <laughs> um, I'm just glad her name's not some like Tommy Elliott, Tommy Elliott derivative or that <clears throat> she right? was like Damien's best friend in high school. And they betrayed each other. Like, I'm just glad it's not like a straight hush ripoff. Um, I like the nod to hush, but <laughs> please, please don't do that. Um So, uh, Funny enough, like I'm realizing, I have a thing for Wagner and um, his writing and his storytelling. Because for Doug Wagner, as I'm coming to terms, Doug Who is Wagner, a great dude, twisted guy, but really a dude. He did Wonder Woman Dead Earth. He did uh, this book, Click Click Boom, which is I've I, I'm I don't know if every issue has been in my pulls, but it's stayed in my pools like the whole time. So where I end up on
0: stuff like this is Doug is also the guy that gave us the horror book plastic. And that's where I sit there. And every time I meet Doug and go, how are you such a kind, wonderful human being? And then you did this. (laughs) Yeah. Doug's a great guy though. I, 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 I say so in jest because I really like that guy. He's actually a heck of a dude.
1: I tried to talk to him at heroes con. It was just, too busy, but ah, uh, bummer because he's a really good dude. Um, click, click, boom, finished. Uh, tight, uh, tight five issue story. Um, and I feel like that's where things have been moving lately. Is there have been a lot of really tight five issue stories. Yep. Um. Uh. Socially awkward. Uh. Nonverbal. Almost river tam assassin level lady who only speaks through uh polaroids taking down a corrupt government or a corrupt business organization that was responsible for the murder of her adopted father dang and it ends like shawshank redemption Huh. like for real i was like oh they straight and they do crawl through a river <laughs> like like they straight and in- like it ends like shawshank um It's a good read. It's a fun read. It's a pretty read. The art style is interesting. Check it out. Um, If you want something creative. But I I enjoyed all five issues. And uh, my shop missed an issue. And I was at the point I had them order it for me. Because I wanted to keep going. Because I was so ready to read issue four. I bought issue three digitally. So I could read it. So I bought issue three twice. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm still happy that it's on my list. The um, Cole um, from Kelly Thompson is uh, still uh, kicking butt and taking names in terms of storytelling, and um, and I as as pretty as book one and two were, dude. It just keeps getting prettier. Um, but we're starting to definitely get more of the um. The, oh, this isn't going to be good vibes of the scenario. <laughs> so if you've been following through the first two issues, they went through a a little cliffside thing and ended up in an alternative d- dimension or something where it's very much like C.S. Lewis's Paralandra. Everything's perfect. Got Garden of Eden vibes. Um, Hollow Earth. Ho- yeah, all that stuff. And so... Without spoiling too much, issue three, they are talking to the giant blue red panda. Um, oh, which, yeah. um and they the the blue red panda starts to actually develop full conversations with them and uh basically says, um, yes, the world around you is changing, but now the world is going to change you. Mm. And that if you're going to be here, you're going to be changed. So each of the people in the party individually manifest new abilities powers and physical manifestations like instantly and you get to watch transformation like the cover you can't tell it really from the cover but uh homegirl on the cover develops like vibrant fairy wings uh one girl gets full scott summers eye lasers uh Like And people just develop powers. And it's like, oh, wow, this is super cool. Um, But then the one main girl the story's about, like the one main character girl, uh, comes to the place where the blue panda looks at her and says, you actually feel the darkness. You see the hurt. You see the pain. And you can't be here. You must be cold for the sake of the rest of us. And so... As long as they could find something positive and you're willing to be happy and accept what they give you, you get blessed. But if you actually are aware of pain and suffering in your life, you can't be around it because you'll bring everybody else down. And so then they go into attack mode. Hmm. And so all of a sudden you get to see it turn primal and an army of blue red pandas chase them out of the world. And so they go back through and I don't know if they went back into their world or a different world, but where it kind of ends up with the issue is they escape back out through the portal. But then once they get to the real world, there's what looks like a giant person standing hunched over the city. Hmm. So uh, apparently when they went in, something went out and shenanigans afoot shenanigans indeed and then for my last pull it's uh you know not my standard to do it but uh I got the full trade paperback of do a powerbomb okay mm-hmm. um because I never could get the issues at my shop Fair like enough. I got like issue 2 1 and 2 and I never saw the book again even like I try and ask about it but it just never happened um you didn't touch this did you no I heard lots of good things but no Um, first of all, it is very Wagner art, um, in terms of, uh, or Warren Johnson. Sorry. Who did I say before? Wagner? Wait, they are different people. Mm Mm-hmm. So Wagner didn't do, uh, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. Warren Johnson did Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. That's my mistake. Daniel Warren Johnson is who I was talking about. Sorry, there are some W's. Said it. Told you it was happening. Big barter, go down. Um, so, either way, this book is uh, grotesquely beautiful. Um, short version, uh, little girl idolizes her mom, who's a professional wrestler. Um, her mom's a great wrestler. Her mom is killed in the ring um, by a move... Like, I guess her mom slipped and snapped her neck. Um, And the guy she was wrestling with, who is always took the blame for it. uh, What we don't realize until the next issue or so is the fact that the guy in the ring with her is actually her father. And he wore mm-hmm. a mask and he was, that's why they were heel and uh, baby face together is because that was their married shtick. Um, but they didn't want everybody to know they were married, but they worked together. Um, so he carried the weight his whole life, raising his daughter that he was accidentally responsible for his wife's death. Little girl grows up. She wants to become a professional wrestler to be like her mom and a demon malevolent force, pinhead Loki, whatever you want to call him pops Mm -hmm. up and says, hi, would you like a chance to bring your mom back? Um, and he's like, cool. I am an evil force. I was, and they go, they go, they skirt the line, real here, as close as you can get without saying "Hi, I'm Satan," um, um, and without to being super biblical. But they said, "I'm, I, you know, I'm a malevolent force that tried to take over a celestial kingdom, and I got banished, and I'm stuck here, and I can't go anywhere." Um, so I found uh little entertainment, and I've found professional wrestling, and I really enjoy it. Um. <laughs> So they basically said Satan went to hell and fell in love with professional wrestling. And so for his that, own entertainment, he brings no. in uh, professional wrestlers for competition uh, from around the different universes. Wait, 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 wait. So now it's Mortal Kombat? Yes. <laughs> it goes from this to mortal, uh, Satan is running Mortal Kombat. Um with the with the stipulation, whoever wins gets to bring one person back from the dead. Uh, okay, because okay. he was a necromancer as well. Um oh and so <laughs> you've got uh, all these wrestlers from different worlds like gorillas, knights, different stuff. But apparently Earth is the only world where wrestling isn't real. Oh <laughs> okay. So for every other world they're literally trying to kill you in everything they're doing. And Satan's like that wrestling is fake, you guys are silly. And like just like shrugs it off. Um and so this uh what the thing was though, Satan was looking for someone who also wanted that woman brought back as much. So her, her tag team partner in all this is her dad without knowing it's her dad. So it's a father-daughter story. She hates him because she thinks he's just a murderer that killed her mom, not realizing it's dad until halfway through the book. Then it's family bonding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They win the tournament through lots of reasons. And then the necromancer's like, psych, I can't really bring your mom back. I'm good, <laughs> but I'm not that good. If I did, she'd be a zombie. Uh, so I know someone who can, who's an even bigger wrestling fan than me. Guess who oh, it is, no. Chris? I, I don't know. Guess who it is? I. No. I refuse. No. Guess it. No. Guess it. Say the words. No. Don't <laughs> do it. It's God with a capital G. God is also, in this book, a professional <laughs> wrestling fan, so much so that he has given himself a physical body so that he can be their final opponent. So it's a two way match against God, and uh it's never said it's never said in print who the referee is. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know who the referee is? No. It's Jesus <laughs> <laughs> that seems unfair um well, wrestling God seems unfair too bro um <laughs> tell it to jacob does does he <laughs> say br- does he say brother a lot? <laughs> Um, you know what? Surprisingly, it, there's a lot of things in there. Um, but uh, I, I want to see if I can find a solid shot. So, We're gonna work this out, brother. But then, like it, uh, it really does boil down to. Hold on, let's see if I can get this shot right here. Look right there at the referee, and then the dude in white is God. Okay. And okay. they literally have a. Jacob wrestling God moment. (laughs) And like, and it's one of those situations. Like it's not like crazy disrespectful or anything um, to any theology other than, I'm sure somebody thinks it is, but oh, I'm sure. Um, but like if, if your idea is that God's a fan of professional wrestling and would manifest that to be a tournament dude, he wrestled Jacob and punched him in the hip for good measure. So, (laughs) let that be a conversation starter um but it really just turns into uh pro wrestling mortal combat and uh the book of genesis so <laughs> god bless you and your family that's do a power pump um <laughs> my brother in christ <laughs> my brother in christ yes yeah, so what, what you got <laughs> um
0: i I do not have god wrestling in a mortal Kombat tournament with his boy as his boy jesus as as the ref so do i even have comics this week do you even comic chris (laughs) (sighs) yes but uh fine um this little weirdo right here of the fish
1: flies. Ooh, Jeff um, Lemire from Lemire. He sounds like a comic upstart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sounds like a, a brand new upcomer.
0: It's really creative. I hope his future's bright. It, well, it's mostly dark because he's back to doing his where we're, we're in rural Canada talking about real people, but with really weird stuff going on. So, what we find out about these fish flies is that they basically I guess it's like Canadian cicada, except it's like annual that when the temperature of a lake hits a certain temperature like these things like show up, they literally live for two days and they die and they just like coat everything. So mm. I was like, OK, so yeah, we do the cicada thing down here and in, in America, but it's not like every year. This sounds terrible. Um, But the start of this book was a robbery gone wrong. And the robber shot um, this kid who was just kind of randomly there. And the back and forth of the story is a little back and forth of that kid who's still alive. The guy who pulled the trigger becomes a fish fly, as implied on the cover there. Um, so because he's injured, too. So I'm still trying to do the unpacking of. Cause you have to do this with Jeff stuff when he hits this level of how much of this is real, how much of this is the, it's like a death throw type thing. Um, Cause he's done this in other books where you're trying to figure out whether what you're looking at is really what you're looking at, or if it is a much larger metaphor for something, or is it both? Yeah. Um, so if you're in for something pretty, but also is kind of having this conversation, because a lot of this is the bad guy feels terrible because he didn't mean to shoot the kid. Like this is a dude was strung out, did a bad thing, was going to kill somebody for money. But then when he accidentally shot a kid, like he's all up in his own head over it um, kind of thing. So there's lots of different things being unpacked. So if you liked Jeff's earlier stuff like Underwater Welder, this is feels a lot like that.
1: Every time I hear you say that, I'm like, you're making things up. But I know what? you're not, but right. Underwater Welder.
0: <laughs> underwater Welder is probably one of my favorite from from Lemire in terms of the imagery and everything. I've used that for uh, book discussions in faith circles and out of faith circles because it's really wild, kind of what's happening there. So Jeff makes you think about stuffs. Um have lots of thinkers, but it's because the thinkers came out back to back, but I mentioned Hexacon Bridge last time, and this apparently is only going to be five issues, and now that I know that, I'm even more fascinated by it, because
1: I'm too in. Seems like a lot, and it's not there yet. Well, this time went even
0: further, because now you find out that, like, the kid that was, like, bouncing between the different little universes at the end of the bridges is looking for his parents. So we knew that he was looking for somebody during the first book and at each of these places that appear to be collapsing. And what we learn is that a it's his parents and B that they were looking for something as well. That part's not clear yet, that there's all this project of exploring all these different little kind of pockets of multiverse. Um, so to help him in his or her, no, it's her. Sorry. I got distracted. Um, She is given an AI construct that knows everything about the hexagon program and everything, but then also everything about her and her parents so that he can teach her how to navigate the hexagon bridges, but also have at least some understanding of what her parents were trying to do. And this book is basically the introduction of this AI construct and training that they're doing together to attempt to be able to travel to all these other places. So – There's little threads being pulled all the way through this book in terms of what's going on. But at the same time, you still are like, it's really pretty, but I don't know what's going on. And they also do this weird thing where they talk about dreams. And I'm now having kind of this inception moment of they very purposely showed us something that they're like, oh, yeah, that could have been a dream. Hold on. What do you mean could have? And there's these moments of when she sleeps that she gets information about these other worlds. And I can't tell whether that's because she's special or because there is definitely this conversation about AI being inserted or X. Yeah, it's there's a lot going on there, but it's funny because you get this on the cover of this character with a polar bear strapped to their back. And it's just funny because the bear looks really defeated and it's like, "What what the heck is going on here? Yeah. Um, and you find out that this is that this was a dream that she was having, and this is the o- this is the only time you see this, and but it's referenced later in the book. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> still super weird, but okay. So Hexagon Bridge, you should read it. It's going to be short. I think it's going to be worth it. Local man, I think still I going. have put put everything here. Maybe the best superhero, non-superhero book currently in print um, because they're just straight up making fun of basically the Liefeld years at um, image in his character. It is broken. It is funny. It is. It continues to be all kinds of weird. And that's why it's great. I got nothing on that except that's what's going on. It's okay, just crazy. Fair. Um, But. It's basically if you took a nineties comic and made it realize that it's not serious <laughs> and that the entire world knows it's a joke, and basically you get local local man. So is good. And then my last pick slash am I kidding pick is Justice League versus Godzilla versus <laughs> Kong. Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, because shameful plugs for things are now dead. And this is where we are. Because this wasn't all these IPs got slammed together over at IDW. This is a DC proper book. Crossed over with Legendary. I love me some kaiju. But this is weird. <laughs> and Go the on. setup, the setup is even weirder because Clark and Lois are finally gonna get engaged. Like literally first page. On top of the Daily Planet, Clark's gonna do the thing, gets down on a knee. Isn't it beautiful? And if you listen to the podcast, you were like, Chris just had an aneurysm. Yes. No, it's Godzilla coming out of the Bay of Metropolis. Um, Flashes up to, you know, the Justice League and they're like, wow, that's a thing. <laughs> Maybe we should do something. They're like, oh, no, Clark's finally doing that thing. And they're all like, oh, yeah. And this is the story of this is basically Clark's like, I got to be everywhere, do everything. And then we get introduced to a Kong that is partially made up of kryptonite and has kryptonite laser
1: vision. So there's that. So crypto monkey. Got
0: it. Yeah. Crypto monkey. He has a That's name. Though. That
1: literally sounds like a Bitcoin uh, <laughs> organization.
0: <laughs> right. It should be. You can, you can get that NFT. Um And then they flash over to basically a rogues gallery of of rogues that's that's being led by Gorilla Grodd because I guess if you have Kong, you have have Gorilla Grodd. That's just how this works. Um, And they're like, cool. So what are we going to do? Because they were like, that was our idea. And they're like, we has an idea. And basically all of them get together to go find access to basically all the other kaiju and they get bamfed over to Kong to skull Island. And basically what you have is a league of villains has basically accessed the hollow earth and all of the kaiju and Clark just can't seem to get enough time to ask Lois Lane to marry him. Congratulations. That is just versus Godzilla versus Kong. Aren't you, aren't you glad?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: The art's kind of great.
1: So the that's only the, one thing I did see. The art looked nice.
0: That's that I'm like straight up like torn on that everything I just said is absolutely the story of this book. But it looks like a really great Justice League book with Kaiju. Well, dude, I so, mean, sometimes <sighs> you just
1: want some shenanigans,
0: and that's kind of where I'm at on it. Is I don't think this is good in any sense of the mean. But it might not be as bad as I thought it was when I kept deciding whether I was going to even bother reading it. Um, so yeah, there's that. You are listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira.
1: October 25th. In 1978, Halloween premiered in theaters. This is a classic slasher film about a masked killer who escapes from a mental institution and terrorizes a small town on Halloween night. In the year 2000, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask released in the U.S. This is a game about a young hero who travels to a parallel world and uses various masks to stop a mysterious and evil force from destroying it with a falling moon. For more nerdy facts about today's entries, visit lovethynerd.com slash nerdhistory. You
0: are listening to the pollist podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira. So, what's what's your number one then? Because Okay.
1: This but, is gonna but, go in similar
0: directions. Oh, not quite.
1: It, <laughs> I was gonna say you you made the bad choice the good choice? No. Um, this is straight up a good choice. It's uh so far, it's a book narrated by Alfred. Okay. Um and it for primary sakes and purposes deals with um Two Faces the Villain. Surprise, surprise. Um And I'll say this, remember how Harleen was like the best written Two Face we'd gotten in like adult comic lifetime? Like this uh might be one of the better visuals of Two Face since then. So check us out, right here. E, like it literally has like Lisa Frank level accent points, and where it looks like he's being graffitied on. Mira, mira, Bengaki. Look at the computers. <laughs> so oh, he's got- crap. Yeah. Um. And so, like, he's telling that story. And then, spoilers, it's also a Court of Owls story. So, it is Court of Owls. It is uh, all of these things. But, so, where it turns into not just being a standard Batman book uh, with Court of Owls, one of the Talons shows up into the Owls' base and kills all the Court of Owls. Okay. Like, all of them get murked um and they get murked. so much for your big scary silent secret organization yeah and they get they get murked because deep within the court of owls they were housing a weapon a creature um that they wanted to be set free that checks out and that's it right there in the middle you can see finally um and so the big secret organization big secret that the court of owls was housing deep down within its bunkers is that, uh, and again, look at the two face transition, just like really well done there. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's cool. It looks like something like Heath Ledger would have painted. Um, <laughs> uh, the big secret that's of what's down there is that. They were housing, ready? Big reveal. This is uh guys full spoilers, but this is going to be why you pick this book up if you haven't already. Ready? What they were housing down there was Cthulhu Batman. <laughs> what? So the Court of Owls has a demonic negative existence Cthulhu Batman who will devour cosmically uh whoever you are. Um and so the Court of Owls says, "Okay, we need Bruce Wayne to join us." Um, We also get revealed a new third personality for Two-Face. And Two-Face is struggling through the whole book because they're trying to have a conversation with people and they can't because someone keeps interrupting them. Mm -hmm. And it's finally, you get the third personality of Two-Face, which is interesting. And he's got like a, I don't know, it's a good aesthetic. But the official name ready for our Cthulhu Batman? Okay. Batman Below. Uh, Okay. Yep. So, did I expect this when I picked this book up? No. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Will I continue to read this? Probably. (laughs) So, there you go. (laughs) But I figured you would be down for a Cthulhu Batman, like if anybody is. Yeah, now I need to find Cthulhu Batman. (laughs) So, what's your number one?
0: My numero uno is the Flash, not the Flash. Ah, it's Jay Garrick, the Flash. <laughs> um, this book felt more like the Flash than the Flash has felt for the last year. <laughs> um, I say as a longtime reader of Flash stuff, it felt good it's kind of funny to see Jay Garrick as an old man still running around with his, you know, crazy helmet and stuff. The art's really good. It's real good. Yeah. It. And so in this introduction, you get introduced to Jay and his daughter, whose name boom. Um, yes. And it talks about an incident occurs where they get separated and time kind of like fractures. Um, you kind of see the end at the beginning, and then you see the end again in the middle and the end you've seen this movie, (laughs) um, where they think she disappeared from time, which means they it's not that she disappeared from time. It's that she never existed kind of thing. Um, but then got reintroduced because there's basically a time skip that they're not fully acknowledging in this book yet. Um, but they get their daughter back who they thought didn't exist. But then once they see her, they remember that she does exist, you know, flash stuff. <laughs> um, but in that time period, an entire flash family also has come into existence. Um, which are all the speedsters that we're aware of to date. And so boom's like, wait, what now? Cause she knows nothing of any of that. And that's kind of where she gets dropped back into this story. All I can say is a lot of people in this universe, um, speedsters have it rough. (laughs) Someone's always trying to kill Mama is what I've figured out. Because that's kind of actually how this started, is they were going to rescue her mom.
1: Always rescuing her mom.
0: Yep, always the mom. the history. Yep, and then something happens. You disappear, yada, yada, yada. There's 72 speedsters, and... Ew.
1: What? <laughs> I said, ew. 72 speedsters. I don't like the five we have. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hold on. I... All right. I'm going to go back and find this picture,
0: because I'm curious how many they actually did put in this universe and left them. All right, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Not seventy two, but okay. Nope, it's still a lot. Still a lot. That's a lot of speedsters. Um, from the same family. It's gonna be weird at Thanksgiving. That's all I'm saying.
1: Fair. But yeah,
0: uh, I dug it because I haven't dug a, a flashbook in a while. I wanted to give some credit where it was due. Okay. So there you go. It happened. And uh, that's that's the podcast. That's that's gonna do it. Oh no, we have a hot take. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, wait. That's right. I'm sorry. Welcome <laughs> to Hector's hot take, also known as the Polis Podcast.
1: <clears throat> I, I just have one thing to say, and you and I were discussing Daredevil and the fact that Daredevil was neither on neither of our polls.
0: Yep, Daredevil 2 came out this week and it wasn't
1: on either of our polls. And it still feels like uh, they... Yeah, yeah. Here's what <laughs> I'm going to say. And <clears throat> I know it's relevant to our current conversations of things. Of the whole world, comics, the whole deal. Daredevil currently feels like it's being written by AI.
0: <laughs> okay. Like okay. it said
1: make him violent make him have a religious affiliation and make him have an internal struggle
0: <laughs> and fill in all these random gaps at the same time yeah and okay fill in all the
1: random gaps and let ai do it it feels like the storytelling <clears throat> character structure everything else feels like one of those odd stories where you can tell ai is trying to write like a human and mm-hmm. not pulling it off that's where i get
0: yeah okay Okay. Mm. Nah, you, yeah,
1: it do feel a little that way, don't it? And it wasn't.
0: It wasn't great.
1: And it's, that's the thing. I still stand by. It. It's just like they're riding the clergy faith aspect of this like very poorly. I feel like.
0: Yeah, it's. It feels just. It just feels weird as opposed to anything else. Read it. Tell us if we're crazy. I don't think we are. I don't think we're being overly protective on that one,
1: because well, you've never heard us really bark on that before. But the thing no. is, they're trying to make this a focal point of the story, and they're doing that poorly.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: When Matt's main day job is that he's a youth minister at a uh, orphanage, and you're doing it badly, it's just like oh, gross. I'd rather you have him have a private belief. That spills over occasionally. Then make it his vocation, and he not be good at who he is. Mm. Razzle dazzle, razzle dazzle.
0: This has been Hector's hot take on the Pull List podcast.
1: <laughs> not to be confused with Hector's hotcakes, we can be found at a local gas station. Ooh, be on the lookout. So
0: now, episode eighty-three is in the books and in your ears. Ninety-three. You're- I, I said what 83 83 93 i tried 92. to take 10 episodes from us that's like an entire season <gasps> it's those 72 flashes <laughs> all of them um yeah see messing with them prime prime timeline
1: already that's this baby. podcast is a canon event in your life
0: right it's happened this is a core memory um You can see us on YouTube, uh, so you can actually see when we make funny faces at each other or you're trying to figure out why there's lots of silence. Um, It it depends. It's because we're funny, sort of. But we do enjoy this podcast and folks coming and joining us. Thank you for letting us do this for five years and 93 times. That's 93 hours of, of your life you have spent listening to Hector and Chris talk about comics. Thank you. Still still less than watching Clone Wars. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, As many of you know, we do not take this journey alone. Uh, We are out here with an entire podcast network on the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. There's new shows over there. So if you like tabletop games, uh, generally nerdy stuff and things, you will find a podcast of choice over there. You'll find out that Hector has like a billion shows. So just join the Hector channel, like and subscribe to Hector's face or something
1: like him like likers and subscribers also get a free your supply of Hector's hotcakes <laughs>
0: uh uh patent pending. patent pending um so yeah you can hit all those up over at loveliner.com for more information previous episodes or maybe find yourself a new show um like I said, Hector's over there, and there's some new stuff about role playing games and that kind of stuff over there. So, you know, check it out. So, Hector and I do want to thank you for choosing us as your primary comic book factory on a near weekly basis. So, don't leave us hanging. Rate and review the show. Five stars only on your favorite podcasting app of choice. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, probably somewhere else. Who knows? The internet is a big, strange, and vast place. Uh, but thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And remember, kids. Read more, more comics. comics. I'm gonna take all seven continents of the game of risks. The master of
1: epic duels. I can fail your